is where the industry insiders come to play. The download on the download. Movers and shakers off the course and the pros inside the ropes. Welcome to Slice with Brian Bushlack. Presented by True Spec Golf. Save 50% on your custom club fitting experience with the promo code SLICE50. Visit truespecgolf.com and click on book now. Well, it's a tradition like no other. And we're not talking about the Masters. It's that time of year when Golf Channel becomes Rolf Channel. As we tee off the year with Mr. Hawaii, NBC and Golf Channel's Mark Rolfing in his backyard at Kapalua for the Century Tournament of Champions. Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking time out to join us. It's that time of year when those of us who are uh, fighting to get above the freezing mark here with a foot of snow in the front yard. Look forward to uh, turning on the television, seeing your smiling face and the crew at Kapalua as we have the big kickoff for the year. This year it's an elevated event. We'll talk more about that in a second. But first, uh, give us a weather report from the beautiful island of Maui. Wow. Uh, I'm sitting on Island Eye here, which is right on the 17th hole of the Bay Course at Kapalua, and the wind is blowing maybe a half a mile an hour, maybe one mile an hour. Barely a cloud in the sky. Surf is rolling in. It's just another spectacular Maui day, and it's kind of what we've been seeing the last few years. You know, when we built this golf course, oh, geez, 40 years ago now almost, you know, the trade winds were prevalent. And if you had 10 years of tournaments here, probably the trade winds blew 8 of 10, and now it's about 2 of 10. So it's been three years since we really had a, a trade wind tournament, and the course has been playing real easy, as you saw Cam Smith shoot 34 under last year. Well, I'll tell you, the closest I'm going to get to Hawaii was the track, man. I played Hualalai a couple of days ago, and I think for most of us, we're going to have to live vicariously through you on television here in the next uh, couple of weeks, because this is really your prime time of the year uh, on not only NBC, but on Golf Channel. And, you know, we've talked to you the last couple of years about your past and your story. It's it's so inspiring. But, you know, when you moved to Hawaii, I know you didn't set out to become Mr. Hawaii, but it didn't just happen either. I mean, you were right place, right time and certainly made the most of the opportunities you had, right? Well, I did. This time of year, it's great because all my friends show up on the island and everybody's watching. And as our mutual friend Peter Jacobson likes to say, this is when the Golf Channel gets sort of transformed into the Rolf Channel for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> he actually made up T-shirts. He had about 50 T-shirts made up one year um, that we gave out to the crew, the Rolf Channel, with a logo. But um it's a time of year I really look forward to. It's interesting. This is the 25th playing this year of the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. So it's been quite a while. And I'll never forget the first event of the century on the PGA Tour was the Tiger Woods-Ernie Els playoff. And it might end up being the best finish of the century. You could maybe go 100 years and not have a finish like we had back in 2000 with Tiger and Ernie. So lots of great memories, and I'm looking forward to just another spectacular week here. 
Yeah, your development of the course there, and and that's well chronicled, so we don't need to revisit that. People can listen to previous podcasts, but, you know, I'm going to bring up a name that most people would not know, and that's Don Olmeyer, right, who was, I believe, the executive producer at NBC, who you connected with during that period. And tell us about that story and how, you know, your role on air came to be. Yeah, we used to have a postseason event on the PGA Tour, the Kapalua International. And at the time when we started it, Don was uh, kind of the executive producer, as you said. And in 1985, the tournament was on NBC. Vince Scully and Lee Trevino were the host and analyst. What a combo that was. And they brought me up into the booth on Friday of tournament week. I played a, I played a pretty good round that day. And so they brought me up. It was the first time I think that I had ever been a guest in a TV studio. And uh, while I was up there, there was a ruling that occurred on the course that I kind of jumped in on. Anyway, to make a long story short, I stayed for about 20 minutes. And uh, Don called me that night at home and said, wow, you were fabulous. Have you ever been in this role on TV or anything like that? I said, no. He goes, why don't you come back tomorrow? I want to hear you again tomorrow. So I came back the next day, ended up doing it three days that week. And he met me at the bottom of the stairs of the tower on Sunday and said, how would you like to try out for a job next week at the World Cup in Palm Springs? And um, I said, wow, why would people care about what Mark Roffing has to say as an announcer? And he said, because you're you're really good. And uh, you got to remember, there was there was no David Faraday back then. There was no Gary McCord. So if you hadn't won a major, really, you, you couldn't get a job at a network. And um, all of a sudden, here was the icon, Don Olmeyer, kind of offered me a tryout. So I took it and 38 years later, now the rest is history. <laughs> well, you've uh, you've done a phenomenal job. And uh, I was going to ask you who was on that team that day. I thought Scully might have been, because I remember watching it as a kid and he was the voice of golf at NBC for, I think, maybe a decade there, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, I worked with him a couple of years there and, uh, oh, just what, what a lovely man. Uh, I think some of my fondest memories, Brian, in TV were the senior skins games, which used to be played in Hawaii. Uh, They were on NBC. Of course, it was Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player and Tom Watson and and all those guys. But they only had two announcers back then. It was Vin Scully was the host and Mark Rolfing was on the course with the players. So there was no kind of in-between analyst. And just having me and Vinny... uh, it was just remarkable, and um, I love that guy to death. I miss him. I miss him so much already. Yeah, we all do. I want to talk to you about the lineup changes at NBC and Golf Channel? What do you attribute to your longevity, though? You're still there. You said 38 years. Why is that, Rolf? Well, I I don't know. I think it can say a lot for um, the way you treat people, and you know the way you act within an organization. I don't know. I hopefully have been nice to people through this whole kind of rise to uh, the position that I ended up in. Um, I will tell you that I just signed a brand new multi-year deal with NBC and Golf Channel. So even with all the change, one thing is the same, and that is Mark Rolfing is still going to be around for at least a couple more years. So you're you're stuck with me for a little while longer. But <laughs> I, I think probably what helped me as much as anything is being versatile on-course commentator obviously is where I started, but uh, I actually hosted some NBC golf for a while uh, before I really became 
and in-booth analysts. So I've kind of done all the jobs and I think that gives them some flexibility. So in this new deal, you're going to see me live from the majors like I have been doing the last decade or so. Um, You're going to see me on the course sometimes with NBC. You're going to see me in the booth with Golf Channel, just in, in a lot of different roles. So I think the versatility probably has been almost my biggest attribute. Well, congratulations on the new deal. I was going to defer to you. I didn't want to, you know, steal your thunder there, but congratulations on that. That's great to hear. And they'll also stick you in there with Brandel, right? You'll tangle with him too, right? Yeah, you know, I'm with Brandel a lot now. They kind of like the combination. It's a difficult uh, fight for me because Brandel's the most prepared analyst I have ever seen in any sport. He really is remarkable. Yep. And it's so good at what he does. And it really has helped elevate me to, um, you know, I think a new level of, of being an analyst. The, the one thing that I really do like about Brandel, uh, there's a number of things I like about him, but he is very predictable. And when a subject comes up or when an incident occurs or somebody says something, I, I pretty much always know where Brandel's going to fall, which side of the fence he's going to end up on. So he's very predictable in that sense. And it, and it kind of makes my job pretty easy, actually. Well, it's one thing, too, to go off, right, without any research or any background. And, I mean, as you said, I mean, he does his homework. I know you do as well. And it's interesting you say that because, I mean, so much of what you rely on, I know, is experience. You've been there, right? You've been on the course. You you know, you know what's going on through their heads. But then you take it to another level now, it sounds like, with even more homework on top of that. Well, yeah. And, you know, I have a big built-in advantage with this Hawaii swing when you think about it, Brian. So uh, I've got all the best players in the world here now, uh, kind of on my home turf at Kapalua. Most of them have been here since Christmas. They're here early. So I see everybody at the course and I'm able to go around and I literally can stockpile information for the entire year from just spending time with all the guys out here kind of on my home turf. So that really gives me an advantage. Uh, I'll get stuff from players this week that I'll use all year long, literally. Well, it's a great way to kick this off. And I know we officially start the season in the fall of 22. But I mean, really, when the calendar turns and we, you know, we watch the Century Tournament of Champions and so many great people at Century, we'll talk about it in a minute as well. But I mean, this really is, I think, the, the, the kickoff for most of us, right? I mean, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, you know, it used to be. This is where the season started in Hawaii with back-to-back events, and that's going to be the case again starting next year. If you think about the real dilemma that Jay Monahan had in response to this whole live golf thing when he had to sort of upgrade the PJ Tour schedule and, and elevate events and do all the things that he did, he had a schedule for 2023 that was pretty much already set. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of flexibility in terms of the dates for the events, but that's all going to change. Uh, starting next year and and beginning in January of 2024, Century Tournament of Champions will be the first event of the year, which it should be, uh, and the first event of the actual season. And you're going to see a a huge uh, change with the event. It's going to be totally rebranded. And uh, just to give you a quick little preview, we're going to brand it as opening day, kind of like opening day in baseball, which is one of the biggest days of the year in sports. This is going to be opening day out here and um you'll see just a lot of of events along with it i I don't think we can have a home run derby uh exactly (laughs) with golf but who knows we might come up with something well that's exciting to hear because i think that's the way it should be and 
Absolutely. Uh, obviously, this is an elevated event, it, as it should be as well. Uh, you have, it's really, I've always called it, and you know this, the all-star game of golf. I know we've got the majors, of course, but to see these guys in Hawaii on a course that is accessible to the average hack like me, right? And, you know, so you, you watch this, Rolf, and it's always so cool to see you know, something transpire on a hole and you go, I know right where that is. I was right there. I mean, that's the really, I think the intimacy of Kapalua and this tournament is it's so relatable to people who have been to Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can hit the longest drives of your life if you come to the ATT at Kapalua, just yeah. like, you know, the best players in the world. And what's interesting to me is having been involved with this course for so many years and building it from the beginning, you never really knew how the course would turn out. And, of course, here we were building it on the side of a, a mountain, a dormant volcano, basically. Um, it was not an easy task, but I think more than anything else, what this course has shown us is what a tremendous test of golf it is. It really has integrity to it. And all you have to do is look at the results. If you look at the last five to ten years of this tournament, the same guys – the same guys play well here, and it's the best players in the world. It's Shoffley, it's Rom, it's Spieth, it's Thomas. You don't have flukes. You don't have guys going out there scraping it around and holding putts from everywhere and kind of being fluke winners. It really brings the best players to the top every single year. So I think that's a real testimony to the quality of the test. I feel good about that because I've always played pretty well at Capo Lewis. So. There you go. You, I mean, you'll yeah. be in this field next year. Who knows? I'd be on the senior tour at this point, Ralph. But uh, but no, it's 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 great to hear that and get that perspective from you. And you know, we talk about change, and obviously on air, there's change this year. That's been well discussed. There's also a lot of change on the course, and uh, we've seen a number of uh, former champions leave to join the live tour we'll talk about that more in a second but you know when we talked to peter uh, a couple days ago he made a great point it reminded me of a point that he made back in the early 1990s when he said you know golf is not a team sport if i get injured or i don't play well there's somebody else that's going to take my place right and so it's always been that way in individual sports particularly on the pga tour and that is exactly what we've seen where you know no offense to the guys who left, but, I mean, you feel like you don't really miss them because there are so many talented guys who step up and fill that spot, right? Yeah, it's been a tough year for me kind of dealing with both sides of the live situation. I'm not a fan of live golf, as you've heard many times, I'm sure. But yep. there are a few players that I do really miss. Obviously, I miss Cameron Smith this week. He's the defending champ here. I think we're really going to miss them at uh, the Players' Championship. That That is going to be a very odd situation yeah. there. But the, the thing about Smith, I, most of the players that have gone to live, I could care less if they went there. It's their decision. They did it for the money. Just go ahead and say it. Say that's why you did it. But with Cam Smith, it's a little different because this guy could have been really, really good. And I think my the saddest part of this whole live thing for me almost, is we will never know how good Cam Smith could have been. Yeah, In my mind, he could well have been another Tom Watts. He had that kind of game, had that kind of short game. But is anybody going to go to live and get better uh, than they would if they were playing the PGA Tour? No way. 
I don't think there's any chance they're going to get better. So I, I really, it's kind of too bad we're never really going to see the full potential of a Cam Smith. Yeah, that's a great point. And I didn't mean to be, you know, tongue in cheek, miss these guys. I mean, that's a great point because he is definitely someone we will miss. And, and it will be weird at, at the players this year. So we appreciate, uh, you know, that insight there. And, you know, looking at this lineup, though, I mean, you know, we could literally spend several hours or several podcasts breaking down this lineup. And I know <laughs> I don't have you for that long, so don't worry. We're not going to do it, Rolf. But, you know, you just kind of literally can cherry pick through this lineup. And when I look at this lineup, uh, one guy that jumps out at me is because we moved to Utah last summer, lives down the street, haven't met him yet, hope to, because he is such a great guy. Tony Finau had an amazing year last year. And he seems to be the guy that most people are thinking or hoping or picking to win a major this year. Are you in that camp? I'm in that camp. He might win this week. He could easily win this week. I was right in the middle of the Tony Finau breakout this past summer. I did live from the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit yep. where he came in having just won in Minneapolis the week before. Tony Finau putted better during that two-week stretch almost than any player I've seen in a long time. And if there is a weakness potentially in his game, it has always been the putting. He's always been a streaky kind of putter. He can make them in bunches, but the things, the putter seemed to go south and, and cold a little bit every once in a while. But boy, that stretch he played in those two weeks was phenomenal. And, and that momentum has just carried over. I didn't feel in the early years with Tony like he was the most confident player out there. I don't think he really knew how good he is. Uh, and I think he's starting to realize now just how good he is. And so, uh, yeah, look out for Tony Finau. And don't don't forget, this is a Ryder Cup year. You know, there are certain players that really seem to focus on things and look at things a little differently when you're in a Ryder Cup year. And I put Finau in that category. That's a great point. I mean, you look at Scotty Scheffler, too, right? I mean, a kind of a good comparison, right? Because... For so long, he was that guy who everybody expected to, and he didn't, and then he did, and then when he did, he did, he did it big time, right? I mean, it's kind of, I kind of feel like Tony's in that same camp. Well, yes, Scheffler is a great example, Brian, because if you look at Scheffler, uh, he's another player that I, I don't really believe he knew how good he was, and it took one thing to really change his career, and that was the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits when he got the captain's pick from Steve Stricker. It really wasn't so much Stricker picking Scotty to be on that team. It was the other 11 players. They all basically wanted him. And his captain's pick really made Scotty feel like he was part of the group. Mm -hmm. And those 11 guys said, you're our man. It was unanimous. They all wanted Scheffler on that team. And I believe that one week did more for him and his self-confidence than probably any other week of his career. And I think... You know, when his career is done, hopefully in 20 or 30 years, he's going to look back and still say it was that Ryder Cup that changed everything for me. And another great guy. I mean, just a, a wonderful guy, right? He's phenomenal. We had him up on the set. Oh, geez. Last March, I had him at Bay Hill uh, a couple of times on live from and the players. And he is. He's a real down to earth guy and he's very polite. And he, the thing I like about him is he listens. You know, there's a lot of people when you're kind of talking to them, sometimes they're half listening. <laughs> he listens. That's a quality that a lot more people could uh, pay a little more attention to, I think. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt about that. 
Well, this lineup, you know, there are some guys on here that also could have breakout years. You know, Will Zalatoris is a young kid who he's been right there a couple times. And, I mean, you feel like it's going to happen for him as well, right? Yeah, I mean, this should be this should be a good venue for Zalatoris. I think his only question right now is his health. You know, he's had had a lot of time off since he's played competitively. This is his first tournament back, so we'll see. I haven't seen Will yet, so I uh, I will hope to get out and watch him practice a little over the next few days and see how he's doing. There's a few guys I mentioned the regulars. You know, the Rom Thomas Shoffley, Speed Cantley kind of group. There's two guys I kind of got my eye on that are somewhere down your list a little bit. One of them is Matt Fitzpatrick, okay. who really has just changed his game from top to bottom. And I cannot believe how far Matt Fitzpatrick is driving the golf ball now. It's just incredible. He's transformed totally the way he plays the game. He'll be a great fit for the plantation course. And the other one is Cameron Young. Boy, you know, if, if somebody said, who is the prototype player for the plantation course, you know, that you might not pull out of the list right away. Boy, I'd immediately go to Cam Young. I love his fit for the plantation course. What is it, Rolf? What is it about his game? Well, his length, first of all, tremendous confidence, and he's got a great imagination. You know, the thing about the plantation course is the hole is almost never the target up there, as you well know, Brian. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hole is where you want the ball to end up, but very unusual for that to actually be the target. Half the time you're playing 30, 40, 50 feet wide of the target just to have the ball end up there. These are the easiest greens on the PGA Tour to hit and the hardest greens on the PGA Tour to putt because they are so big and they got so much slope to them. But um, I like the players that have imagination and that can see the shots that aren't sort of just a straight point A to point B methodical kind of player. And, and Cam Young's that kind of player. And you just explained why I apparently play so well at Kapalua. If the goal is 30 or 40 yards wide of the hole, then that explains it, Rolf. That, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. People tend to look at the hole and say, <laughs> okay, I got to hit it there. Well, no, you don't. You're going to hit it somewhere completely different, and hopefully the ball is going to end up there. And, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of nuances about this course. I remember the year that Tiger played, he was having trouble putting. He asked me about it in the locker room and said, man, what do you think? I'm really having trouble on these greens and stuff. And I said to him, hey, you know, how many more down grain putts do you make than into the grain putts? And he said, you know what? I cannot make an into the grain putt. Typically, it's up the hill here and you have to hit it really hard and it's grinding away against the grain. He said, I make way more down grain putts. And I said, well, why don't you try to leave yourself as many down grain putts as you can when you're chipping or hitting lag putts? Usually, you know, you think, oh, don't put the ball above the hole here. You know, well, that's exactly where you want to put it, because Mm -hmm. then you're going to have a down grain putt and you're going to make way more of those. So understanding the nuances like that of the plantation course are really important. And uh, you don't pay attention, especially when you're out practicing. If you're one of the new guys, you're not going to get it the first year. That's for sure. Well, with all due respect to so many fine players in this event, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Max Homa, who had a great year last year, um, Scotty, Cantlay, Rom. I'm just going down the list. We move on uh, to talk weather a little bit, and you became famous for talking about the trade winds, and you mentioned this a little bit off the top, but that does not appear to even be in the picture this year. I looked at the forecast, and I didn't see any wind, Rolf. Is that the case this year? 
Yeah, it's going to be actually an east wind, which comes off the mountain, which means 18 is going to play straight downwind if there's any wind. But we're in a climate change cycle right now, Brian. And, I, and I'm not saying it's permanent and I'm not saying what's causing it. I'm just saying that having been here 50 years almost, I, I've seen these cycles that we go through. When we built the plantation course, Ben Crenshaw and Bill Coor and I studied wind charts excessively because they had wind charts for the pineapple fields along with rain charts. And the trade winds blew an average of 320, 330 days a year out of 365. They were very, very consistent. That's not the case at all anymore. We're seeing way wetter weather. That's why the course is softer than, than it was in the early days. And the wind is just not a factor right now. We haven't had a good trade wind for the tournament in four or five years now. Mm. So uh, I think that's going to be the case again this week. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some really, really low scores. Well, it's always exciting to uh, kick the year off at Kapalua. And uh, I always wrap this up with your pick or picks. You never shy away from a pick. Who do you like, Rolf? Wow, who do I like to win this tournament? Jeez, you're really putting me on the spot. I'm going to say John Rom. Okay. Any specific reason? Uh, yeah, the way he drives it, the way he hits his iron, the way he chips and puts and scrambles around the greens. He's got the whole package. And and really, his driving, you know, he he almost led the PJ Tour in driving stats two years ago. And then last year made a big equipment change, went to a new driver, and he's added more distance. He's just driving the ball great, the best he's ever driven it. I just like his attitude. You know, you can't ever back off. you got to try to think about birdie in every single hole up there this week. And that's the way John Rahm thinks. Well, my friend, if you ever need a runner, which is industry speak for a gopher, you know who to call. I'm. You've got my number. I do have it. I might take you <laughs> up on that. You never know one of these days. Yeah, congratulations on the new contract. And we'll be looking forward to watching you at Kapalua here in a couple days. You got it. Always a fun way to start off the new year with Mark Rolfing. Want to thank him again for joining us every year. And as you heard Rolf report, next year, Kapalua will be the official kickoff for the PGA Tour season. And we will be there for it, already counting the days. In our next episode, Jake's Takes. Peter Jacobson is back with us to share his hilarious takes on Live Golf his PGA Tour preview, and his picks for this year's majors. That and much more next time on Slice. Thanks for downloading Slice, a presentation of Feedback Media. All rights reserved. Full disclosure, our legal department doesn't allow mulligans. 